thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish with Elise Comerford, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hey guys, so we're here today with one of my lovely clients, Mel, and she's going to share with us her incredible story with healing through using the GAPS protocol. Hi Mel. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Really well, thanks. That's good. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. My pleasure. All right, so let's get straight into it. Can you please tell us what made you start looking at doing the GAPS protocol for your family? Okay, so it was probably about two years ago when my eldest was seven and in year two that um, my teacher had called me into school to have a conversation with me and she called me in and told me basically that he was showing a few weird signs, um, being a bit quirky and sort of a few sort of um, autism traits. Um, being quite obsessive and things like that. And she called me in and basically told me that I should um, seek, seek some medical advice. And I remember leaving there thinking I didn't quite understand what she was getting at. So basically I left there. We made um, an appointment with the GP and then got a referral to a paediatrician, which, you know, was like, normal six-month waiting period. Yeah. And then I'm sort of thinking, okay, in the meantime, what are we doing? Um, so that was all the start of it. So that was a couple of years ago. Um, then it took, I guess, um, was it that? Yeah, good six months, I believe, um, before we got to see the paediatrician. And I went to the paediatrician and I left there thinking, oh, my God, what a complete waste of time. I felt like um, I went there with all this documentation from school, um, a whole round of blood tests, a whole heap of things. And she just some of the things that I had, had brought up um, on the blood tests, which were things like um, high copper levels and parasites and things, the paediatrician completely brushed aside and said, don't worry, heaps of kids have got it. Don't worry, move on. And I remember leaving that thinking, these are quite big issues and I just can't get that you can dismiss this when I think there's some underlying things here that could be affecting him. And it was really weird because she sort of um, she ended up giving me a letter to take back to school, uh, which basically said, yes, he does have a few traits of autism as such, but there's not enough to tick as a, all the boxes to sort of give him a diagnosis. And he go back to school, off he go. So And so at that point, what kind of things were you seeing for him? So he's always been a little bit like obsessive and a bit um, a little bit odd socially and things like that, but nothing Nothing too drastic, but just a few little odd sort of things that he sort of picked up along the way. And But then um, I guess the other thing at school was he was sort of um, 
I would say, like, um, rather than being focused, he'd be daydreaming (laughs) a lot of the time instead of actually focusing and concentrating on what he was meant to be doing. Um, So they were the few things that they'd picked up on. And, yeah, that were the only, there was only the, like, handful of things. Um, and if you ever look into the whole um, autism diagnosis, there's a hell of a long list. But he didn't fit. Probably it was, you know, probably 20, 30% fit of all those things, but not the whole thing. So, yeah, that sort of left me another six months down the track. And that didn't the whole appointment just didn't get us anywhere and school weren't very happy they got this letter that sort of said oh yeah basically he's got a future traits but we're not going to do anything about it so they're still left with this child that's you know a daydreamer and not really focusing and sort of slightly falling behind and doing things so it sort of left everyone nowhere so we sort of went along for another few months and then um, unfortunately his mood just completely just went downhill. He was just in a really bad way. He was very um, sad and depressed and very um, unhappy about just things in general and it was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> it was like about, so yeah, seven, nearly eight at the time and it was just... It was just so negative all the time. It was just absolutely awful. And I just thought, this is just not right. So I had remembered hearing about GAPS previously, probably good 12, 18 months before, through Joe Whitten, Quirky Cooking. And I, so I had known about that and it was in the back of my head. And so I did actually seek out a GAPS practitioner um and sort of seek advice and it was sort of you know getting myself in motion and gearing up to try and start looking at it seeing if it was a suitable fit and sort of start changing diets and things like it's not something you do overnight obviously obviously it's a bit of a process so, so where, were, where were you guys at at that point in terms of diet? What kind of diet were you starting to change from? Yeah, so I, I'm myself in celiac, so we had already cut out, like we hadn't had much gluten at, at all. My kids have never had, I suppose, a normal amount of gluten because <laughs> I was celiac anyway. So that was always pretty low in our diet, but other than that, I had always um, done a lot of my own cooking anyway, um, so there wasn't a lot of processed things. But I guess it was a pretty normal diet in that, yeah, they were still having some bread and some different things, but a lot of stuff that I would make, not so much bought stuff. So, yeah, that's where we were at, and I just thought, okay, I'll go and see this gap crack and just try and get the wheels in motion we had a big I know I'd started to see her thinking that I was yeah lining myself up to sort of start the diet um I had thought in about two to three months because I knew we had this big um family holiday planned and there was no way I was going to be able to start it before that so that was the plan and I'd had a few appointments with this lady and she kept, I felt like she kept trying to put me off 
and kept saying, look, this is quite a big undertaking and it's not really suitable for a sort of a modern family these days and it's just very restrictive and very hard to do. And I'm, I just remember thinking, like, I'm here coming here for advice. <laughs> I already know what I think I should be doing. I felt like I needed someone on my side to give me the push I needed to get everything in motion to get it started and she just kept trying to talk me out of it. Yeah, it's unfortunate with GAPS practitioners that haven't done the protocol themselves and then don't can't see that full yeah. value of it. Yeah. Well, I had two kids. Maybe I didn't do my homework enough in the first instance, but she had only ever done full GAPS herself. I had later found out and that is when I contacted Elise. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, like, I'm so, this is six months I'd wasted and I just, yeah, I contacted you and just thought, I went through everything with you. I think we had that for half an hour appointment. And just I just needed to hear from someone, I think, that um, I was in the right place and doing the right thing. And I just needed someone in my corner saying, yes, get started kind of thing. And I finally found that. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. So it, we started on the 1st of August uh, last year, so 17. So basically, as at today, we're basically 14 months in. Yeah. So, yeah, so we started um, finally on, so in August, and we started about six weeks we did um, on full gaps, which I think that's a blessing in disguise. Everyone, some people have to jump into intro and understand that, but I think that with the transition with kids and different things, and this was during school time, and I just left intro until the holidays. I just, I think that's a really big undertaking. <laughs> yeah, that it is. Doing it in the holidays, it's a really big thing. So. Yeah, full gaps is always a good place to start when you can. As you said, some people do need to go straight into intro, but it's pretty. Um, that's more on the rare side and I do like to encourage people to look at full gaps first because so much healing happens on full gaps full gaps is a very healing diet and intro can get really held as the the only way to heal and no healing happens till you get to intro but it's not true and then as we're going to find out as you keep going with your journey it makes the journey with intro a lot easier and I always like to remind you when you say you wasted six months, you were still doing really good things in those six months that helped <laughs> yes. you on your journey. <laughs> I guess so. Well, I was, yeah, we're starting to introduce things and starting to change things. But oh, like, <laughs> I remember when I started intro, you just think, oh, man, I could have been six months. <laughs> like, I should, and I knew, like in my own gut, I just had that feeling that that was where I was meant to be. It was mm. just getting me over the line I guess anyway so yeah. we started intro last September school holidays so and I just can we add in as yeah. well um some of the testing that you've done for your eldest and some of the things that have shown up as oh, being an issue yeah. so they had um done numerous things like we've been through blood test um pyrol mthfr parasites we even did some hair analysis things. Um, 
yeah, quite a number of things. And I just knew, I guess the things that stood out to me were the parasites and the um, high copper levels. Yeah, and those metals as well? Yeah, there was. I didn't test for that until a little bit later, but they, um, yeah, there was some high arsenic was one that was sky high, which is just crazy. So, um, yeah, so we went about trying to, I guess, detoxify the environment as well, which is a really big thing and a massive undertaking, just changing um, toothpaste, cleaning stuff, just so many things and um yeah introducing the baths you have some salt baths and so many different things and um yeah later on we did some more testing and the the change is just remarkable yes we can go back yes and i wanted to highlight that just for some people that will be sitting there thinking about doing gaps with some test results in their hands that may show metals and parasites and people tend to want to try and deal with that stuff first which is a very understandable way to look at things but um you guys are a great example of why that's not the way to do it um so would you can we just talk about your youngest as well at this point when you were um just looking at starting intro where was he at he was actually in a pretty good space and he was um but he had just basically come along for the ride (laughs) in the initial stages, um, but I had since found out a few little things about him as well just through some other testing. So he had had some supplementation like my eldest as well and um, he was actually only six at the time when we started, so I had to have a frank conversation with him saying, um, we have to do this for you, brother, and we just all have to be on board. Um, my husband actually works away, so he just ate Gaps food when he was home and we all did it together. We all went through intro and did the whole thing together just as a main support to my eldest. Um, but it's amazing because it's helped him a lot as well, <laughs> even though he was really only just there as a support and along for the ride. So. It's good to see, and I've noticed some things even in myself. I was along for the ride as well, but, you know, having, um, oh, it was 10 years ago I was diagnosed with celiac, so there's probably some deep healing <laughs> needed going on there, I guess, as well, even though I had been a very strict gluten-free diet for a number of years, but it's probably all good, so. Yeah, so, and okay, so you were... Um you know, a few weeks into doing full gaps and then ready to start intro. How did that go? How did you go with starting intro with the boys? So, yeah, first day of school holidays, geared them all up. We told everyone what we were doing and geared them all up. And um, my eldest does not, flat out, does not like, like, wet, soupy food. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a challenge and I had to stick to my guns. So... There was some arguments about having broth. Um, he will not and still will not to this day sit down and eat like a soup, but he will eat stuff cooked in broth with a cup. Like, <laughs> if that's the way it's going to go in, we'll just roll with that. But there was some, oh, there was some arguments and some stubbornness and, oh, my Lord, that 
the what we went through, but I just had to stick to my guns and just say, no, you're not moving, no, and bri- unfortunately bribes and God knows what went on. And you, you hear other people doing this and um, I like someone, I heard probably on another podcast somewhere that um, someone had had like a chart on the fridge for their kids and like we would go through and at the end of each stage they'd get a little prize whether it just be a little toy or a book or something like that just some some kind of incentive I guess to sort of start moving through the stages so I think from memory we spent about a week on stage one and then probably a couple of weeks on stage two and that was pretty hard going they weren't too my eldest didn't eat that much in the first sort of week, but he was still eating some things. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't a full food refusal at all, which was, I know a lot of people do go through that. But um, And it was funny, actually, because um, my youngest, who was just along for the ride, he's the one that got quite the detox in those first few days and was, yeah, just really down and out for a couple of days yeah it's re- I really often hear that with my clients that it's the one they weren't expecting is the sickest one <laughs> you just thought oh you poor thing but then yeah just an ex- like just telling them that you know basically on a kid level that all the bad bugs are you know not getting what they need to survive so they're all making you feel sick basically so that it's interesting watching all that and noticing I guess realizing how much your body needs this at the time it's amazing even though it's awful (laughs) but it's it's good in the long run that all this detoxing is happening to um yeah get rid of all these things that are going on inside the gut so definitely so I think oh intro so then we progressed along everything went okay um I think my eldest had about, so we had the two weeks off school and then he had an extra week before he went back to school as well. He just needed more time, I think. And I think he went back to school stage three, which was more doable for him. Um, yeah, the stage, stage three lunchbox is still a bit, uh, I guess, limited. Yeah. <laughs> but... Like, we managed to do that, and he was okay with that. And then I think it was only another week or two before we had moved up to stage four. So Yeah, it gets much easier with the lunchboxes on stage four. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. I guess, I guess one of the hardest things, um, I guess especially being at school, is um, it's amazing, I guess, when you actually um, – like I'd had to have a conversation with the teachers and just saying, look, we're doing this, they cannot have, you know. Every time there's a birthday or a lolly given out or a lollipop or, you know, all these things, you would not even realise how much stuff kids are given without your knowledge. <laughs> like on a weekly basis, it's un- unbelievable until you actually... I didn't realise how much it was until every single day I'd pick up the kids I missed out on this today, I missed out on that today because such and such had this and I couldn't have this and I'm like, yes, I know, and then you're trying to turn it out around and just 
just saying we're doing this for a while and we'll have to just stick to it. But, yeah, until I did that, I had no idea to the extent. One of my... Giving treats. Yeah, it's crazy. One of my clients, I remember one of their kids was sent home with like one of those big chopper chop things full of little chop. It was like the size of the kid's head. Like this yeah. thing that looks like a chopper chop. Yeah, and it's full of chopper chops. And that was like the end of year thing from the teacher. I was just horrified. I know. Can't, haven't you heard of a good book or something? Yeah, or an apple. <laughs> I know. Something simple. It doesn't yeah. have to. I know. But it, it's amazing how, like, a treat's not even a treat anymore, if you ask yeah. me. Like, it's. It's beyond crazy. So anyway, that was one of, I think, the kids, the hardest thing, as well as, like, going to birthdays and things like that. We sort of really cut down on our social outings for a while. I think you just have to. Yeah. And we sort of only, like, we did go to a few parties, but only, like, they're really close friends. And, yeah, I'd just have to go along and watch them like a hawk and sort of take other things that were a bit sort of like a treat for them to have as well. So that's, I guess, one thing about the whole thing. It is you do you just have to cut down on your social outings for a while. Yeah. It's just not a priority, unfortunately. You have to just prioritise getting the healing. Yeah. that's, That's what we did. One thing I definitely notice as an adult going to social outings is how much people don't notice if you eat or not. Like, especially no. if it's not a sit-down thing, I would just realize I'd go to things. I'm like, no one's even like, no one would even notice whether I'm not I'm eating. It's not even a thing. No. Yeah. No, it did. And of course, I've been celiac for the last ten years. I'm quite used to myself going to places and being restricted or. You can't go around saying, oh, what's in this? Can I eat this? Like, yeah. <laughs> you, I would just, like, if I went somewhere that I knew would quite be right, I would just eat before I go or something yeah. and then just not have anything while I was there. Yeah. And I was kind of used to that. but It's hard for the kids. <laughs> kids' perspective is a whole nother level. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that was difficult, but... They're, like a year on, we're still doing it. They're still missing out on things. I don't know about <laughs> it on a day anymore. Yeah. It's just part and parcel. And my, my youngest is, <laughs> he started like me. He goes, Mum, you wouldn't believe what people's lunchboxes are. <laughs> 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 like, oh, they've got all this packaged stuff. And he's saying, that's no good for them, is it? And I'm like, no, no, no. But I said, you can't go. Don't tell me that. Everyone's lunchbox. Uh, I know my son. I'll have him in town in the street, and he'll point at someone and say, "They're eating sugar, mum." I'm just like, "Okay, shh." (laughs) Or the other ones, they're doing a cigarette. Yuck! Tell them to stop. Okay, let's just keep walking. (laughs) No, not the whole world. So, um, how long until you started? So, from when you started intro, how long till you started to notice some changes in them? Yes. So, um, in the first two to three weeks, um, my eldest mood lifted straight away. It was amazing. It was just really, really good. And his whole sort of sad, depressive and very emotional, he was very emotional, 
um, mood just lifted. Like it was just like a cloud that just lifted within two to three weeks, which is just amazing. And then it just gradually got better from there. Um, it was kind of funny. We went on a bit of a roller coaster, which Gaps is. So we sort of went along. So we seen that initial improvement and thought, oh, fantastic. Then it was probably another, saw little changes here and there for the next couple of months. It was probably about four months, I reckon, about three and a half, four months into everything that everything sort of started piecing together, all the jigsaw came together. And he was just, yeah, really, really good within that four-month period. And I was just amazed, amazed that it all sort of came together. Because you do, unfortunately, you go through a lot of questioning. Am I doing the right thing? Are we, you know, when's all this going to <laughs> come together? You're sort of, you're waiting for this moment. And then all of a sudden it sort of just comes along. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And what what's kind of happening there on a healing level is that in the first couple of weeks or first month or so it's just that initial lift of the toxicity because you're really detoxing the body quite quickly and then it's the body just getting getting and doing the really deep healing and so it takes a bit of time doing that deep healing and then a few months down the track then you really start like you said you see all the pieces come together as like that it's like you know the tip of the heel what the healing that we see is the tip of the iceberg and so much deep healing happens to get them to that point well, that's the thing. And then, yeah, well, I guess the biggest thing for me um, as a mother was um, there was a lot of stuff, um, like school had seen that his mood, his mood had lifted, which was great, and this was the last term of last year. But there was still a lot of, um, it was still a bit up and down and things like that, and I felt um, a lot of pressure on me from school because they still, they had since wanted me to go back and see a paediatrician and go and see a psychologist and so many things um, all aimed at basically um, giving my son a label mm-hmm. and giving the school some funding. And I had to, I actually had to go and have a meeting with them and tell them to please leave us alone for a few months and just please give us some time to work on these underlying issues to see if I can get somewhere with this because I, I felt like, I guess, I had enough pressure on myself trying my best to do what I believed was the right thing and they're coming at me from a different angle and I just, after seeing that paediatrician, I just thought, why would I want to go back when I I didn't even feel good after the last appointment and then they said, well, why don't you go and see a different paediatrician? And I just, I hadn't had, I don't know, didn't have a lot of faith in the whole process, I guess, and I just felt like I was being backed into a corner. So thank goodness, um, yeah, they backed off, they left me alone and he gradually got better but it was in a way a bit disappointing because he hadn't come good until earlier this year when he had then changed classes and got a new teacher and then unfortunately the other teacher never got to see the whole (laughs) like how well he had done after 
the four sort of four five months. So yeah, but tell us um, what the new teacher said when she read the letter, like the handover yeah, from the past so no, teacher. That was, that was one of my my good moments, and I've actually just had another meet a parent teacher interview a couple of weeks ago, and another had another good conversation, which was great. So this is back in um, well, I think about March this year. So we would have been a good seven or eight months in them at that time. So at the end um, of last year, the school had written um, like a three-and-a-half-page letter that was um, for our paediatrician appointment. I had made a paediatrician appointment to sort of say, look, I've made one, but in hoping that I would never have to go. (laughs) But I made it in... Like to say, you know, they wanted me to do it and I just made the appointment and just thought I'm going to beat this and I'm never going to go to that appointment. But to keep them happy, here's the appointment. So they'd written this three-and-a-half-page letter about all the things he was doing in class and all the things he wasn't focused, he wasn't doing this, he wasn't behaving well socially. So I actually um, took that letter from last year to an appointment with the teacher earlier this year and just I just sat there it was amazing I sat there with her and she read over this letter and she just could not believe that that was my child she just couldn't believe it she just said oh my god basically there was still some things that she could see but nowhere near on the level of what had been going on previously. So, yeah, basically from that letter, I would say, like, if you had to put a figure on it, it was probably 70 to 80% improvement. Wow. Which was just amazing. So, yeah, she she was really good because I had had a conversation with her thinking there's going to be this massive file on my son coming into the new year. And she had been really good. And I said, please, to her, just keep an open mind and don't go reading the whole thing and you know having all all these preconceived ideas just give him a go make your own opinion and she had been really good about that so I was very happy about that so yeah when she read this letter she just couldn't believe it and it was only a couple of weeks ago I just had my latest parent teacher interview and she basically said um whilst he's still My son is still quirky. (laughs) That's just his way and he's an individual so he can be. Um, But she just said he's an absolute pleasure to have in the classroom and that's just awesome. That's fantastic. That's so lovely. So, yes, compared to, you know, 12 months before where he was just awful. He didn't want to do anything. He would flat out refuse to do work. He didn't want to focus. He just didn't want to interact as much so we've come a hell of a long way so that was extremely rewarding and I also got to cancel my pediatrician appointment great and I I (laughs) lovely and I love how you said he's still quirky and he's an individual because that's exactly right we're not trying to fix kids because they're different it's really just helping them feel the best they can feel so they can focus and learn and, and you know be at their potential well exactly like him even like last year he wouldn't even work 
independently as in he'd get a task and he wouldn't even finish it unless someone was like pushing, pushing, pushing him. That's not even an issue anymore. He just gets on with it and <laughs> does it himself. So it's just amazing, amazing. So, so glad that I guess I'd heard about gaps and so glad I finally got myself on the right track and got it started. But um, like we're still, like we're just over a year in now and we're still going along. Yeah. And there's still a few little issues we're ironing out. Nothing's absolutely perfect yet. But, gee, we've come a long way. Yeah. So, like, whilst there's still a little bit of work to do, yes, it was hard. Yes, I questioned myself. <laughs> yes, I was wondering what I was doing. But I'd probably do it. If I had, if I was in the same situation, I'd do it all again. Yeah. As hard as it was. I'd do it all again. So I guess for anyone wondering out there if this is right for them, because I myself had listened to many, many podcasts and listened to many things before I'd made up my mind to do this. Just I just think, yes, it's hard, but oh, you've got to give it a go. And the alternative to me of going... Um, down the road of labels and school funding and all that kind of stuff just uh, just seemed awful to me and I just so didn't want to be there. And like here I am six months late, like I have not heard, oh, this whole year I haven't even heard anything from school, no pressure, no wanting me to go anywhere, no <laughs> wanting me to go to appointments or see anyone, so... There is an alternative, I guess, out there. So, please, <laughs> please give it a go. What have you got to lose, I say, as well? Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other road is still there if this doesn't work out for you. But honestly, the what I've seen and heard from other people, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah, it is incredible. And it's been so wonderful to watch you guys on your journey. And I was just uh, and just going through that whole thing with the school and the letters. I just remember every session I was like, have you heard anything? I was just really, you know, rooting for you with that one. So it was so great to hear how it was gone this year. It's one of the best things just to sit there and just that little, when she read that letter and just, just couldn't believe the kid <laughs> that, was it just wasn't even the same child so yeah so, so rewarding and yeah and then she um she just said wow you just amazing she said yeah <laughs> that's amazing so yeah very very rewarding yeah absolutely yeah well thank you so much for sharing your story today and i think that a lot of people are really going to find this one inspiring a real story of hope no problem at all. And please, please, if you're looking into this, yeah, give it a go. You've got nothing to lose. Great. Thanks, Mel. No problem. All Thanks, right. Louise. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Also, the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.